After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are going to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Hi. Hello. Hello. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hi. Hello. 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 <laughs> Have you seen the commercial that that comes from? I didn't recognize it, no. Good. Uh, that's a commercial from the 1960s that somebody sent in to us for a very bizarre product. It is a bizarre ad for a bizarre product that sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole today that I'm excited to share my findings with you. Okay. No rabbits actually involved. All right. Just clear that up right away if there's any confusion. Um, before we get to the ad council, though, we will be looking at some of the commercials that have been coming across our radar recently. No grand theme, no uh, spring vampire or goblin <laughs> show today. Uh, just some ad. Well, we got we got five ad collades and an admonishment, right? Yes. Uh, mostly, mostly loving what we're seeing out there. Yep. One that um, my uh, like op- it was like it was one of those things where it's like. Even the smallest amount of critical thinking could, tells you that this is full of shit. So mm-hmm. I, I looked into it, and indeed, it was full of shit. Oh, really? You actually looked into it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I know the commercial you're talking about is by a company that's got a pretty spotty track record with us, the viewers, anyway. Indeed. Uh, but a lot of charming stuff out there these days, too, which I'm really excited to share with y'all. And uh, uh, we will dig into the archive or dip into the archive, maybe, and uh, play a commercial for you. Um, from, I believe, 1996. And Genevieve, I think HBO might have invented the whole Netflix and chill thing decades before Netflix and chill was a thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'll share that with you. But first, how about some of these commercials that we love and some that we hate? It's a thin Let's start with this BMW commercial that I've seen uh, in the wild, as you say, Genevieve, a few times. It is baseball season. Now, when football season comes around, I feel like football really dominates the ad space. Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, not just because I'm probably a big part of that has to do with the fact that you and I are watching a lot of football, or at least I am, and that's how I end up seeing a lot of commercials. But it also just drives. Like, when football season begins you it's just in the air and so yeah i mean they're getting a lot of eyeballs and so of course they have a ton of advertising that for people who enjoy football they they tend to you know sell ads and ads ads on those ads that like relate that people who watch a lot of football can relate to and i um don't think that baseball has that kind of pull no because people don't like baseball because it's long and boring who is um now of course you don't really like baseball, and also it's not long and boring anymore. It's short and boring now. now it's, thanks to, it's, it's, thanks it's to the commissioner, infinitesimally shorter and boring. Um, and uh, it's not boring. It's exciting and it's fun. <laughs> anyway, um, like who? I do talk about baseball a lot in the house, so that probably changes your how much of it it seeps into your um, 
brain, I guess, yeah. is the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, brain. <laughs> it's very Job Bluthy. I think he can't remember the word memory. And so, <laughs> you know, brain things. Um, anyway. <laughs> But aside from Mariners that you would know, or yeah. like former Mariners, like who are the who are the stars of baseball? Mike Trout is one. Mike Trout is one. Yeah, uh, Otani. Shohei Otani, same team. Shohei Otani. Haven't yeah. haven't really somehow two of the the and that's the whole thing with the Angels, by the way. Mm-hmm. Two um, great players, the one two, bad team. The two <laughs> exactly the two Even most I famous know that. the two most famous players in baseball play for the same team, and they've been they're in our division as a Mariners fan, and and they have not been good. After that, I start them. naming players that haven't played for like fifteen yeah, like years. Who? Um, who was the guy that had no vowels in his name? One like, of our relievers, one of the Mariners relievers, or no, way back in the day. But back in the day. See, I probably don't know. Um, or I could name like the nineteen, like the mid nineties Braves. I could name mm. a lot of them, like um, Kurt Schilling. Oh, he played for the Braves. I think he was a Brave okay, for a while. Interesting. And um, and uh, and uh, oh, the guy Chipper Jones. Oh, I don't that's, think I know that that's name. That's a baseball or, player. Maybe I've heard that name With before. a name like Chipper Jones, yeah. you know you're going to be a baseball player. Well, anyway, my point is you don't really get the spotlight on a, on a lot of baseball players these days. Uh, this commercial for BMW, though, does. You have four baseball, uh, you know, like Major League Baseball players, well-known names. I had to kind of look up. The the guy who's doing the the main talking in here. Speaking of the Atlanta Braves, this is if I'm saying his name right, and I think I am Ozzy Albies. He's a second baseman for the Braves, and um, he's driving in an SUV, some sort of BMW SUV, uh, with Byron Buxton, Walker Bueller, and somebody else who I'm blanking on right now. And they get out of the vehicle, they park on the street, and they get out of the vehicle. And Ozzy, and I'm pretty sure this is Ozzy who's doing all the speaking here. Um, your brother, does he still listen to this show? Yeah. He's a Braves fan. I think He'll so. tell me if I'm wrong yeah. about this. I think I was wrong about Kurt Schilling being a Brave, by the way. I yeah, because he, he was like with the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, I, I think. I think he was on the, I think he was on the Red Sox, and I knew. I, oh, he definitely was on the Red Sox. Yeah, I think that yeah. I was just misremembering where I lived when I was watching when I was aware of baseball in yeah, my hometown. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a garbage person, you know He is that, a garbage right? person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I remember him. Like, I mostly remember the players who, like, said horrible things about something, you know? Like, mm. they're, like, flat earthers or they're, like, racist about the subway or something. <laughs> and he was, uh, he famously, like, his, I think he was pitching when the Red Sox finally broke the curse, right? And he had the famous bloody sock. He, he had the bloody sock, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's not in this commercial. Um, but I believe it's uh, Ozzy Albies, like I said, who's doing most of the talking here. I just find this commercial to be really charming. I, uh, you know, had heard of Byron Buxton, but most of these guys in this commercial, because I am not good at following the goings-on across the league, I didn't really know who these guys were, um, but I really find their interaction to be pretty charming. I don't know why. I just find it winning. Um, so they get out of the vehicle, and Ozzy just keeps on saying how he's speechless, yet somehow he can't shut up about how much he loves this BMW. This BMW XM is a beast. So much power. V8 and electric. The way it takes all corners. I'm literally speechless. So luxurious, but so much power. Seems like you're talking, okay? Took the words right out of my mouth. He's like the opposite of speechless. No words. The way it accelerates so quick. You're kind of saying a lot of words. This is just <laughs> nothing to say. He's speechful. I'm at a loss for words. 
electrifying. I, love, I think Byron Buxton, who says he's speechful. Luxury. I like it. I think that there are more in the campaign where uh-huh. they're goofing around, driving around. That's the only one that I've seen, and I kind of did. I almost like went digging, but I'm like, you know what? I really like that one, and there's a chance that I sort of feel the editing in this a little bit. You might get the impression that th- maybe there was a lot of editing to do the work to make it charming, but that's fine. Yeah, I I got that sense too. And I think that they do a nice job and they are charming together, but you can feel that these, particularly, the, you, can, you can feel that these uh, ball players are at the outer reaches of their acting ability mm-hmm. here, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. And a couple of them don't speak English as a first and, language. And, and I yeah. totally, like, I, I want to be clear in saying I, I'm not faulting anybody for that or saying that that's not why, that they're not good. I think they are good. But I just think that, like, yeah, they they're sort of at the they're at the outer reaches of what they can comfortably do. Mm-hmm, yeah, but they there are some outtakes that I saw for this on Instagram too, where they're all like having a really good time in the car together. You know, it's one of those marketing things. I don't totally fall for that stuff, but you do get the impression that they do have a rapport. Oh, I'm sure they and do. So yeah. I, I, I mean, like I, that. I like guys I think, from different teams. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the and I like the idea that baseball players, you know, from different teams have. And also just in general, athletes who are on competing teams have a certain amount of like camaraderie and respect because whether they're playing for one team or another team, for the most part, unless they have some sort of bitter feud between mm-hmm. like a two quarterbacks or something, for the most part, these are men for, you know, in general who do a job and like they could find themselves doing that job with somebody yeah, else exactly. any yeah. day of yeah. the week you know and I, I saw Moneyball it's I, my only reference uh, text for baseball I could be wrong about this or I guess I'm the wrong person to do this but it would be interesting to rank um the animosity between Ooh, players is, and sports because yeah. you would think that basketball might be higher up there because it's a physical game so and you're physical. out there and it's like real personality clash and it's also um a, a sport where the personalities are the biggest, I think, probably. Yeah. Like, these are brands. Each one of these, and I'm talking specifically, let's just focus on the NBA here. Yeah. Um, these are men who, like, they are all running their own personal brands. A yeah. lot of football players are as well, but not all of them. Yeah, then there's, like there's so the, many more football players. There aren't, like, a yeah. hundred basketball. There aren't, like, a hundred, you know, warriors that you've mm-hmm. never heard of, right? right? Like, right. it's not like football where there's just these these massive teams many of whom are not skill positions whose names you if you weren't like deeply immersed in it you might not know and i would feel that baseball wouldn't be near the bottom of the list as far as like personal grudges between players go i yeah. mean there are I'm some sure a few. clearly between pitchers and batters and holding you know you know long grudges about you know getting hit or whatever and sometimes yeah. like the, they will seek retribution or let's say later. your team cheats real bad and wins the world series oh yeah huh who would uh, huh. <laughs> i have another commercial here i want to talk about Vives. um and i think i want to maybe not talk about what this product is until we get to the end of it. Um, a listener sent this in, but I don't have their name in front of me. And it stars Tim Robinson of the I Think You Should Leave sketch comedy show on Netflix, which is among our friend group. It's become just like the second language that we all speak. Absolutely. We speak in Tim Robinson lines now. So much. And and too, uh, although not as well known, we are huge fans of the Detroiters. The Detroiters, which came, which was Tim Robinson's project um, before that, along with Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson, thank you. Um, and I don't know for sure, but my guess is Tim Robinson would have had some maybe writing and directing involvement in this commercial as well. This feels like a quick sketch from the show. I think you 
should leave. And it begins with a guy, Tim Robinson, and he's trying some new product called the sandwich stapler. And you actually see it. It's an absolutely ridiculous looking machine where you put staples around the edges of your sandwich to keep it all together. He's excited about this new product. We see him stapling a sandwich and then we see him at lunch with a coworker and the coworker, it's a little bit hard to hear, says, are those metal? And he's just like in this very Tim Robinson way, just like gutting through it. He's like, the staples are as he's like eating the sandwich. And then he's trying all kinds of new products that are ridiculous. Tired of messy sandwiches? Get the first ever sandwich stapler. Whoa, I'm getting that. Those metal? The staples are, yes. <laughs> the staples are, yes. It's like very classic Tim Robinson line there. Then there's something called the fridge compactor. And we see Tim Robinson, and he's in his home. And I think once again, we hear a pitch person saying, like, not enough room in your fridge? Try the fridge compactor. He closes the door to his refrigerator, presses a big button. You hear some clanking sounds. And then he opens the door back up. And yes, there's tons of room in the refrigerator. But of course, everything has been smashed to the side. There are broken bottles everything is gooey and gross first ever fridge compactor making room for more of your stuff Get the first Ottoman. Ottoman, no. no. So the Ottoman is an automatic Ottoman in this. By the way, this is a nice loft space that he's living I love in that here, house, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's got, an, I guess he's got an automatic Ottoman that is out of control. He's holding like some goofy looking microphone. He's trying to give voice commands to this Ottoman as it races around his house and destroys things. This will also be short lived. And then. I think his next endeavor is he buys an inflatable mansion and we see him out in the middle of nowhere kind of uh, not really blowing up, but he pulls a cord or something right. and the inflatable mansion uh, fills up with air. Back to life. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, no! No! Get the world's first inflatable mansion. I'm about to be a baller. Some like to get there first. <laughs> he yells it popped of course it pops right away uh the voiceover says some like to get there first and then we see big ugly gross boner of a truck roll up and it is the product that is being advertised it is the 2025 dodge ram but it's the electric ram we like to get it right hey buddy need a lift is this one of those new electric trucks it's an electric ram. Introducing a lineup of electric trucks that'll redefine what electric trucks can be. My mansion exploded. <laughs> I love the line. My mansion exploded. I, I mean, I love everything about this commercial until this douchebag comes rolling up in this douche mobile. I know, Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, electric vehicles, great. I'm all for sure, them. And yeah. I actually think the commercial... It is the, weird casting, though. The message is great that it's like... I think it's smart to say, hey, listen, we weren't there first, but we got there right. Yeah. Like, that's a really, I think that's we an interesting message. We can all think of message. products that were better off, like the, you know, the third or fourth iteration of it, right? I always think about the people who, who blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I always think about the people who created web TV. Right. Like, they were right, but what a failure. Yeah. You know, wasn't there a, wasn't there an online pet company that went under in the early days? Famously, and, yeah. Yeah, and now we are all buying stuff from Chewy, Chewy right? Chewy, exactly. Like they got there first, but the infrastructure wasn't there yet, and so. Or people weren't, the culture wasn't there, something, something wasn't right, and the timing wasn't right. I, yeah. I like any 
commercial that gives me a little leeway to be the last one to the party yeah. because I usually am. <laughs> but I will say, I think Dodge Rams are ugly trucks anyway, um, as you could tell probably by my description of this thing. But then it rolls up and this guy is so, he's like, you know, just like your most generic looking handsome white man with like a, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's like not well dressed, but he doesn't look like he's just getting off a job site or anything yeah, like he's that. Like right? a nice sweater and a button down. Yeah. And um, and and he says, is that an electric truck? And he says, it's an electric ram. And it's like it's I hate this line. So watch this guy's face. Like, Can you imagine saying to somebody like, hey, is that an electric truck? And saying it's an electric ram trucks it's an electric ram introducing a lot oh i hate that guy so it's much electric ram it's electric ram yeah but God, um get it right it's ram that line right up your tailpipe anyway um i love that commercial though and i should have looked up to see whether or not tim robinson actually was a creative force on it not just acting it feel, i gotta believe it is it's, it like, feels it's like, like when it, tim yeah. and eric or tim and or Eric direct their commercials. You yeah. know, it's like so much an extension of their their own personal brand, right? Totally. Um, so this next- I like com- that one though. Oh, I, I mean, love it, yeah. I just wish they'd ri- they had cast a different person for the truck driver. Yeah. That's all it I needed. I hate that guy. Um, this next commercial is yours. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I got, I got distracted. I can tell that you're distracted. What are you working on over there? Nothing. I'm not working on anything. Um, so this next one is for Peloton. I forget where I saw this. I think I saw it. Um, I think I just saw it in the wild. I think I was just watching like Hulu or something. This was a television, which was a commercial that came on. This is for, you know, the bike, the Pel- Peloton now is not just a bike. It's like a whole subscription service. And so what this commercial is trying to do is, is like explode or myth bust uh, all the things that people say that, you know, are the reasons not to get Peloton, like you'll give up on it after, you know, you'll you'll quit doing it quickly or, um, you know, it's just a fitness cult. It's an elite fitness cult. And it, so it's trying to like push back on that by having people who use Pelotons or, you know, these actors using these Pelotons and the and the fitness instructors in the videos like are like, what? No, you're don't you're you got to be kidding. Like 92 percent of people stick with it. So why don't you play this? And it's it's a fairly standard issue ad. It's just. You know, people using their Pelotons and and contradicting the voiceover that you're hearing. 92% of households that kick off the year with Peloton are still active a year later? Yeah, actively using it as a coat rack. Congrats on 50 rides! Okay, but it's still just a fad. Just an elitist fitness cult. So while this guy is saying, oh, people are just using it as a coat rack, you see a, uh, a woman in there, like, tearing it up and, like, putting her hand on the camera. Like, all of the rebuttals tend to be very visual in this commercial. Yeah. But all of his negativity is being rebutted by showing people actively using their equipment, even, like, late at night and, and just, like, staying on their ground. Okay. But it's still just a fad. Just an elitist fitness cult. Come on, guys. I know this isn't easy, but we got this. You'll give up eventually. Seriously? 92%. 92% stick with it. Wait, why do we see a whole bunch of people running through the mountains wearing Peloton gear? Does Peloton lead adventures through the mountains this, now? I, this commercial would have you believe that there's some sort of IRL component to Peloton. I, that I is, don't know. That seems confusing to me. Seriously? 92%. 92% stick with it. So can you. Start a 30-day home trial today terms apply i remember seeing this commercial with you and we both said 
What does stick with it mean? That's a great question. What does stick with it mean? And we didn't throw it over a cliff. And this is yeah, well, so th- what the what the fine print of the commercial says is that this 92% number that they keep quoting is it's based on internal data regarding Peloton all access members joining January and February from the years 2014 to 2021. App members are not included. App members. It's so what all... are app members? You might be wondering. And so this was like a, this is from some, I mean, it's not like an unimpeachable source itself, but it was from a, a blog that kind of broke this down. And the person was saying, yeah, so Peloton is implying that 92% of people stick with the workouts a full year later, but actually it only just means that their internal data is just looking at the 92% who still have a paid subscription, regardless of whether they use it. And the fact is, if you purchase a new Peloton bike or tread, you are required to sign a year-long contract. <laughs> so they're just saying that 8% of people have not canceled it after, ex- like, exactly after one year, which is like, how many of us have forgotten to cancel something exactly a year after our mandatory subscription ran- runs out, And they out, were only right? looking at data that for members who were joining during the months of January and February, like, are they just part, they're just, I mean, whatever, just, it's all, yeah. all we they're knew just it was just all bullshit. And dicing it's it. all internal yeah. data bullshit. And yeah. it has nothing to do with whether people actually continue to use their Peloton or whether they, um, you know, are wanting to use it, you know, two years later or three years later. It's just sort of looking at this tiny slice of data of like, People who signed up for an, for the subscription who are required to buy a year's worth subscription and 92% of them a year later haven't canceled it on the mm-hmm. the very minute that they can cancel mm-hmm. it. You they know? stuck with it. They stuck with it, right. <laughs> on so January it's just, 2nd. It's just like, I feel like Peloton shoots themselves in the foot when they put up a stat like that because anyone with like who's using half a brain sees that stat and says that can't be true. That cannot really represent the usage at the risk of being cruel i think it's the half a brain thing that works for them i i I think you know what i mean and i do think of the i hmm hmm can i say this i don't know i don't know that peloton's target audience are the type of people who are super intellectually curious and who are going to chase something like that down. You picture like a bunch of, you know. Well, I know some very smart people who have Pelotons. Of course. I mean, absolutely. But I mean, for the people who are like, I'll bet you this campaign, I'll bet you, I'll bet you it doesn't raise as many red flags for people as much as it did for you and me immediately. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And I'm also a little bit predisposed to dislike Peloton mm-hmm. because they did step in it with mm-hmm. that dumb ad about like the woman whose husband got her a Peloton so she yeah. could get a rock and bod again or whatever. Um, and like, so I, I approach anything Peloton related with a little bit of skepticism and I, so, so, and I also, I think I'm a little bit more predisposed to see a statistic like that and and just wonder like, where do we, like 92% of anything is extremely high. Right. Exactly. It's extremely unusual. Have you ever liked a commercial simply because of the pants that are featured in the commercial? <laughs> a commercial not for pants, not for I should pants. say. Uh, not that I recall. I feel like I'm overly influenced by the pants that this woman wears in this next commercial, Genevieve. This is one that I saw for the first time with the sound down, I believe, when we were watching the home opener with some friends at a bar, uh, the Mariners home opener a couple of weeks ago. 
And I kept seeing this woman dancing around her bathroom. And I think at one point I drunkenly said to my friend, just look at those pants. <laughs> I don't know how to describe them. Maybe you as somebody who understands fashion better than I can describe I, them. I don't think I, well, I guess I do understand fashion better than you. Well, better than me. They're, they're, but they're, not better than most people. They are um, very kind of wide they're they're not like loose fitting around her waist, but the legs are very um it's a wide kind leg, of it's a wide legged leg pant, pant that that yeah. is a little bit higher. It ends up kind of high on her ankle, and they're just they're pretty kinda, on trend. Are they these yeah. types of pants? And so we see this woman, and she's in her bathroom, which is a really cool bathroom, by the way. Not like super 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 fancy, but clawfoot tub, just like it's nicely designed. It's like the designed. size of our living room, and for then, one thing. As as she starts dancing around it, by the way, it gets bigger and bigger. It does that thing where the camera sort of backs up off of her and suddenly there's like a lot more space around her. Um, but uh, we see this woman and she's looking at her phone and she's actually holding her phone into the tank of her toilet. Not the bowl, but the tank of her toilet. And we realize that she is doing a video conference with somebody and it's a guy with this new service that is uh, going to help her fix the chain on her toilet. So basically, this is a new service that's not even out yet that it's trying to personalize what we call YouTube University. Basically, yes. they realize, hey, everybody's going to YouTube to learn how to fix things on their car, around their house, whatever. What if we had a more interactive version of that? And so that's what this is a commercial for. And this woman basically gets so excited that this guy on the other end of this video call has helped her fix her toilet tank that she gets into a dance number um, and it becomes almost like a Busby Berkeley-esque dance number with a bunch of uh, other dancers who I can't tell if they're supposed to all be her or not. Okay. Kind of dancing you and are flowing really around blind. her. Well, that you don't see a good look at them. They're, they're okay. moving very, very quickly and spinning around. And then at the end, you get that classic shot from above, which gives you the Busby Berkeley kind of vibe. And she's singing um, a, a parody version of a Jefferson Starship song. Your chain's off. We can fix it now. And you're done. Done. We fixed this toilet. We fixed this toilet on video. Okay. Open the front door. Worked with Peter and now it's closed. There you go. All fixed. <laughs> front door is coming soon. An all new home repair and maintenance app. It's just a visually stunning commercial. Really, the design of the commercial is great, from the bathroom to her uh, outfit or her, what do you call it, costume, her I guess co outfit. Yeah, her clo her costume, her wardrobe. It's great, and I do love the visuals. The lighting is a little strange. It's a very, mm -hmm. it's a slightly, um, slightly, it's very blue and 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 co and cool lighting, which is a, a little dark. Yeah, it's like you can see that she's got those nice slat style blinds yeah. on the windows. But that's a that's and, a quibble. But they're kind of closed, and so it is true. Like you, the the, the lighting is sort of like it's sneaking in through the slats a little right. bit almost not noiry but there's a lot of shadow in this for some reason i'm not exactly sure why maybe it just sets up the dance number better but it's just visually stunning all around the 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 floor is one of those um 
checkered floors yeah, and then like that a beca- diner. like yeah and it kind of becomes part of the look during the dance the actress reminds me a little of jenny slate too oh i could see that the, the yeah. hair certainly kind of shoulder length kind of curly hair yeah and I, a, a I think this thin is smart woman like i i remember that one of the first things we fixed in this house when we bought it was um there was like a it was our toilet actually and mm-hmm. the the chain was attached but like whatever the the, the stopper the yeah. flap thing is that looks like a little starship enterprise that like flaps <laughs> over the over the like t- the tube that goes down into the the um rest of the toilet it wasn't sealing mm. so i went to the you know hardware store and i found the right thing and i attached it and it felt so satisfying and everything is like that like mm-hmm. but i do like it would be actually this is something i would really find very useful and very tempting i don't know what it costs well, I think it's interesting that it's not even a product you can or a service that you can subscribe to yet. It, they said coming soon, yeah. front door app, which is I can't think of another product that was doing a lot of advertising before I could even use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're smart, smart to get buzz going. Yeah. But would you be more likely to use something where you have to actually interact with somebody wouldn't you still be inclined to go to youtube first so well, you didn't have that's to that's why i mentioned price because mm-hmm. i would be happy to have as you know i my my dream is to hire somebody i want to extend our deck i want to like double the size of our deck and i don't think it should be that hard like it's really just knocking out the front like railing of the deck and building out exactly what we have like like doubling what we have um, and so it seems to me like I could probably do a lot of that work. What I really need is someone to be my foreman mm-hmm. for that project. If that if that's something that I could get on this service, I for sure would be interested in it. Yeah, didn't you say you wanted to hire somebody just to be the foreman sort of? So yeah, but I mean, that's not work, usually yeah. a service that you can that mm-hmm. you can pay for. You can pay a contractor to, you know, build something or a, or, you know, just a fix it person to build something. Or you can build it yourself and go to YouTube University. But what I need is something a little bit in the middle. Now, for most things, I want—I don't want to pay for it. Like if it's like how to install a, you know, a new faucet or something, there's a video that tells you how to do that mm-hmm. for free. So that's why I ask about pricing. Right. Yeah. But but in terms of like, would I would I like the service if it was affordable? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I need a daddy. Is what it is. Like, can I rent a daddy? I do wish that. Yes, you need to be able to rent a daddy. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that you know. Do you, do you dare that, me to type "rent a daddy" into I Google? I don't right now? dare you to do that. It's not just something that <laughs> Tobias Fuque would wander into. Um, but like, I do. I am really jealous of the people who, like, we have lots of friends who have family members who are like contractors or just knowledgeable or engineers or something. And they're always telling me like, oh, yeah, you know, my dad like built a catio for our house. And like, you know, that would be really nice to have. Mm-hmm. Like I, we don't really we don't live near any family members um, and we don't really have a person like that who just, you know, out of love for us, will just do a bunch of free mm-hmm. labor. Although we are friends with those folks, which is nice as well. They've been really good to us. Oh, we have lots of great friends who do yeah. many nice things for us. But like. They don't do like the work that like a parent would right, do. Yeah, you know, no yeah. one's gonna do. No one's gonna be your parent for free. This next commercial is another one that is very visually stunning. I think, which is why it's been catching my eye quite a bit. Unfortunately, it's for Amazon, a company that, well, I loathe, but also that I use, and also 
it's a company with a lot of money that is using their advertising dollars smartly. I would compare this to Uber, right? Now that's a company that has a lot of money, but then just like, oh, we have we have Mark Hamill money. Let's hire Mark <laughs> yeah, Hamill. But then exactly. like just not really know yeah. how to like write a good commercial and, and and I feel like I've seen several for Amazon, even ones that are like pretty much just like bullshit responses to Societal's concerns about Amazon's labor practices, like very real concerns that I share. Amazon does a good job yes. of creating compelling commercials. They put, to, they put a person that you can't help but root for on the screen, and that person tells you, like, going working at Amazon's warehouse has changed yeah. my life. It's been nothing but a dream. Yeah, I now have a school. Now. I now have yeah. a like a college degree. My like my my prospects are limitless, and right. I'm like, oh gosh, that yeah. Is, Hard to argue. Yeah, with and that. again, I think it's a terrible company, but they at least know how to know how to propagandize. Um, and this next commercial, it doesn't get into any of the social issues regarding the company itself, but it's a commercial that is very visually stunning. And I realized today when I was looking it up, oh, it's directed by Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Now I haven't seen any of Olivia Wilde stuff, but like Olivia Wilde is like kind of the hot it director she's right now. She's a pretty right? much. An, she's a real it director. I have seen. Two of her most famous projects. In fact, I happen to have just have watched Booksmart uh, yesterday, uh, or maybe over the weekend. Um, and yeah, let's look at this commercial and then talk a little bit about you know where she's coming from as a director because she has a real point of view and her her director her directing is very very feminist. Uh, like explicitly feminist. Um, some might say heavy-handedly so. Oh, interesting. I um, didn't not me, know that. but I. But some might. Um, because now that I know that this was directed by a famous film and television director, it makes sense because every single shot, like every single individual shot of this commercial is so well thought out and well framed and eye catching. And if it begins with, we see um, a, a young woman, I'm going to put her probably in high school, I'm guessing, maybe early college. I'm guessing I think high school. High school. Yeah. I think she's explicitly in high school. And she's um, sitting on her bed, kind of classic, like teen girl style. Her feet are up on the wall, right? And then we see that she's looking into a little mirror that she's holding and she's fur furrowing her brow because she's seeing that she's got a little bit of a hairline coming in on her upper lip right yeah. and she's like you know that's something that she's not like super proud of in this moment but as she's like sort of worrying about that she looks around her room and like she's got like some Eddie Murphy movie playing on her Amazon Prime tablet or whatever and she's like oh well he's got a little mustache you just sort of see like sort of the light bulb go off in her head yeah. a little bit she looks she's got like a Frida Kahlo um, Kahlo, sorry, Kahlo, Frida yeah. Kahlo, a uh, poster on her wall. And then she sees, like, for some reason, she's got a Freddie Mercury bobblehead, I want to <laughs> say, maybe on her. Um... Like, why not? Yeah. And then, and of course, this, uh, then a Queen song will kick in here. And then suddenly she realizes, wait a second. Oh, I think maybe we even see her, like, messing around with some sort of a. Um, a wax like she's contemplating like waxing this off and yeah. she just looks miserable but instead all of a sudden she's like wait all my heroes have little mustaches like maybe I should just like lean into this so instead you see her order something on Amazon it shows up she takes she's kind of dressed in like kind of a, a it looks like it might even be a, a school uniform. She's got kind of a, a, a purple sweater on with a gray skirt. But she orders this like bright yellow jacket that seems like something maybe Freddie Mercury yes. uh, would wear. And she puts it on with these uh, 
bright orange kind of vintage style headphones and these uh, like cool white boots. And so she really leans into this look and instead of getting rid of her mustache, she's just like, I don't know if it's fair to call it a mustache, but instead of I mean, getting rid is. of the I, hair, I, I mean, she's the, like... The, the commercial's called Tash. Tash, right, exactly. She's like, no, no, no I'm just going to lean into this look, and I'm yeah. going to build around this it. This is a very radical and it's, idea. Yes, exactly, and it just kind of, it, it, in a certain way, it's not specifically talking about gender issues, it's talking about the expectation of beauty, and, and specifically women's expectation of beauty, but like... The fact that we do associate facial hair mostly with as a masculine thing, it also can, gets a little bit gender bendy. It's and just gender like, bendy. It's also, um, you know, gender performance and expression is mm-hmm. so uh, fluid right now. And especially for young yeah. people, it's incredibly fluid. I think this is, um, but, but it is, I say radical because like it is a really challenging notion for a person my age, I think, or older. Um, to wrap your head around the idea that a woman could embrace her own facial hair. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And so I think that we've described it. I'm pretty sure there's no... I don't think there's any voiceover, any dialogue in this at all. So we'll just play the Queen song for you and just sort of visualize yeah. what we're talking about. Check, do but check again, it out if you haven't seen this. The color scheme is, it just pops. It's really it's amazing. beautiful. She goes into her classroom and now she's wearing her new gear, her boots and her jacket. And she's got her headphones on. And there's one, we hear the music throughout the whole commercial but there's this one scene where the music will kind of take a step back and you realize oh she's just hearing it through her headphones and all of her classmates are looking on and she's just sort of dancing in the aisle of her classroom and she's the only one who can hear the music which I gotta say that's the one thing about this the more I saw it I was kind of like I love the message of this commercial but if I had any classmate who was gonna like come in and just like dance to her headphones in the middle of the aisle I would just be like get the F out Let me tell you here. who this commercial is not about or for. <laughs> me, Gen X, exactly. And you're the most Gen Xy dude I know. <laughs> this side of this side of John Roderick, you're the most Gen Xy dude I know. <laughs> it's just like the most like. Hey, can you just imagine be like, oh my God, here comes Miss Look at Me Louie, like, like dancing, <laughs> <You are> so- <laughs> dancing around. But no, it's a really really sweet commercial. Did you know this song, by the way? I didn't know this song. I've heard it. It's really good. It's so perfect. And she even looks, she has a sort of Freddie Mercury quality Uh to her look, like even without the jacket. So it really works. And she's like dancing through this, through her classroom. You can hear her, her sneakers squeaking. And then at the end, she smiles. She's got bright, uh, bright red lipstick on, and the camera zooms in right on her mouth. She smiles. She has a little diaspora, or what do you call it? A uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call the little gap between the teeth? I don't know the word for it. Oh, I'll look it up. I thought, but we it's a Freddie Mercury tooth gap. You know, it's oh meant right, to evoke of course. You know, I did Freddie make Mercury. that connection. Yeah, and and the tiny little facial hair. Yeah. you know, the little bit of on that lip, and it's it's like it's attractive. It's like she's she's, just, she's very yeah. sexy. She's got a real um, or it really, it, it, you know, makes her seem charismatic. And I do again think that it is, a a brave and challenging idea for people of my generation and older. No, you know? certainly. And, I'd be and it's for Amazon. You and know it's for Amazon. Yeah. And I'm, they're like, look, Amazon didn't get to be the most powerful, rich company, you know, on the planet or whatever they are by being bad at business. You know, like they're good at figuring out what people mm. like. Diastema. 
Diastema, good to know. Um, it's a gap between the two front teeth. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it really does. It challenges maybe one's notions of beauty and then really embraces it in like an incredibly attractive way. And I mean yes. attractive, not just the the performer in it, but I just mean, uh, again, going back to like every single yeah. shot in this commercial no, is Olivia, beautiful. Olivia Wilde is talented. I So I just watched Booksmart and um, I watched Don't Worry Darling, which was uh, it kind of was overwhelmed and the its press was overwhelmed by the off-screen antics of all of the infighting on the oh, set. Oh, that and everything. one! Did he spit in his hand or whatever? <laughs> did did, did uh, Harry Styles spit at Chris Pine? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I think Olivia Wilde is a really talented director. Um, I think her touch. Well, Booksmart's interesting. Like Booksmart, you might you probably hear it described as like a a girl version of Superbad, and structurally, it is very much like that. It's two um, two nerdy girls who spent their whole high school career focused on school, kind of deciding at the on the very last night before graduation that they um, that they need to live it up because they've missed out on so much like fun life throughout their high school and then they kind of go on this odyssey through the city uh, to different parties trying to like have a have a wild night Mm -hmm. um and it's it's really clever and creative the writing is great the acting is terrific the two stars are beanie feldstein uh who you would know from things she's been in she's in what we do in the shadows she's the the vampire girl who uh you know she's she's like getting overlooked she gets turned into a vampire by... Is she a, the, is she a college student? A college okay. student. Yeah. And then um, Caitlin Deaver, who I've I've loved ever since she was a total ass-kissing nerd and bad teacher. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. Um, you love that movie. I love that movie. Um, so there are these two incredibly talented young actresses uh, doing the leads. And the it's it's like it takes place in a kind of a fantasy world where kids really aren't very mean to each other at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think that's... Real, but maybe it is. It'd be mm. nice to think. That I don't know what kids are like anymore. If kids are like, not really. Mean I mean, to I always other. felt. I mean, I know that there's severe bullying that goes and on anxiety. and online bullying and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. Our generation and I think older. I think kids were really cruel to each other. And I sort of felt. I. I for a while, and I may just be. And again, I know that there's. There's always going to be bullying and that type of thing. We see it still as adults. We see it in politics, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that the younger generation seems a little bit more chill than our generation was. Yeah, I hope that's true, and not and it's not a performative kind of chill. But yeah. you know, time will tell. Anyway, I bring all this up to say that it's it is it's a it's a beautiful movie in a lot of ways, and I think that she, she, her her skill as a film like as a as a cinematographer or mm-hmm. her eye for for making beautiful, uh, compelling scenes is really on display in that movie as as it is in Don't Worry, Darling. Um, and you can really see that here in that commercial as well. But you feel that you said heavy handed. Do you mean sometimes you and I use the word ham fisted? Like is her messaging like kind of like even though you and I might agree with it, it's just like a little bit corny the way it's yeah, like handled. I think that's it's not that's very subtle. To, it's not very subtle. It's and, and subtleties can be overrated. But I thought particularly Don't Worry Darling, like the the big climax or the big reveal in the end of that. And I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it is like a little bit like. Oh really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, okay. Seems like it's a little bit of a 
It's, it's just it, you don't it, have to hammer us over the head. It land, yeah, it, it landed for me with a little bit of a thud. But I've never. I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't seen yeah. it. I'm just. It's an interesting movie. Um, now, this last commercial we have here was one of your picks, but this is another oh ad for later. Right? I saw this in the wild and I laughed my ass off. This it's is not a, a show unless we do one progressive commercial. Well, they make so many good yeah, ones. I, I mean, and so, and this one, I don't, if, if it has Flo in it at all, she's not a main character. Instead, it has Alan, who is, I'm glad to see Alan is getting a bigger role. So mm. Alan's one of these tertiary progressive agents that you've seen in, you've seen him in other ads where they are yeah. all grouped up together, like Flo and Jamie. Flo would be the Mutt. primary one. Then you have some second, wouldn't you say that Jamie is secondary Easily. now and then yes. everybody else is tertiary? Yeah, but we, so far I had not, this was the first time I've seen this guy, Alan, who is a black man, uh, have his own kind of Alan focused ad. Yes, because we even talked one time because sometimes when we look at these commercials on uh, the iSpot app, it'll show you who the actors are. And it seemed like the black progressive guy didn't have a name. I think you and I were yeah. even saying like they didn't give the black guy a name. And then I think we realized we might have been wrong. And it was Alan because there's another commercial where you see Jamie and Alan just like hanging out outside of a house by a fence and says something like it should be called the Jamie and Allen deal or something like that. And the flow comes up like, is that so? And they both go running away from her. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so Allen finally getting his spotlight Yes, here. and I, yes. he does a lot with it. So in this one, uh, we start with Allen uh, helping a potential progressive customer buy insurance online. And when the customer realizes it's a, it's a man, kind of a middle-aged homeowner looks like or young middle-aged homeowner yeah, probably 30s maybe um when the when the customer realizes that it's not going to take very long to buy this insurance because it's so easy to do through progressive's website he's like oh i told my wife that i was going to like be spending the afternoon doing this now i have all this free time what should we do and alan says we live <laughs> and then it's this great montage to let the boys be boys of the two of them doing all kinds of hilarious stuff like playing in a bouncy house and just like having an adventure and then stealing i stealing each other's shoes in a bouncy house i believe yeah. At one point. yeah so it's a very fun uh it's just a very fun montage and i and the way he says we live is so great and then if you don't mind me saying because i think it's we have to kind of set it all yeah. up because it just moves quickly. It's all visual. And then at the end, the guy's like, oh, I was just thinking about maybe taking a nap. Yeah. And then Alan just like, just it was all a fantasy. at him. Just yeah. like, come on, man. That's it? Yeah. Progressive's home quote explorer makes it easy to compare home insurance options. Man, I told my wife I'd be in here for hours. What do we do now? We live. Bouncy house. Alan? Alan has never looked so happy. Oh, they go to the barber shop. They Same release. Time, they release a bird into the wild. They have a arm wrestling contest. It's up to you. Oh, I was actually just thinking I would take a nap. Pretty tired. Okay. <laughs> Alan is so disappointed. Alan's so let down. Yeah, I know. Alan. Alan has a great. I want to party with Alan. I know. Let the boys be boys. I love it. I chose this commercial for our retro commercial today. This is a commercial that I found on a 1996 VHS tape that contained an A&E biography of Annette Funicello. <laughs> um, I saw that with you. 
Oh, yeah, you did watch some of it yeah. with me, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and uh, this commercial is just for HBO. And the whole point, and by the way, the reason I chose this one today is because of the news that HBO Max is now going to go by the name Max. And it just sort of seems like the brand of HBO, which I was saying this on TBTL recently, like the, the brand of HBO has got to be, it was a gold not standard. top 10, one of the top 20 modern American brands. I mean, you can hear the the sound imprint of yes. the HBO sound. You can picture the logo. HBO... I can still sing the 80s, uh, you know, uh, theme song. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then they saved the da-da-da at the very oh, the last Oh, that's right. And that's, that's all we have now. That's all we have now. And um, I'm trying to think there was, and also, oh, I was going to say the, uh, the, um, it's not TV, it's HBO. That tagline is probably 20 years old. I mean, since it's even been used, right? Oh, yeah. But it really set the stage for this idea of just like, you think of HBO as something different. You have TV, sure, but then you have HBO. Yeah. And it was, I mean, going it back to this, rules. it's like originally when it was even just showing films, it was home box office. Nobody else can bring you this commercial free content. And then with the live specials and uh, we talked about the Michael Jackson special we saw a promo for like 1995 <laughs> that ended right. up being canceled, I believe, uh, because his hair caught fire in a Pepsi commercial, which that would have been 80s. So maybe I've got my timeline wrong on that. It was canceled for some bad reason um with michael jackson you never know exactly which bad reason it is so many um, bad reasons but the 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 boxing you know they just set the, the hbo means so much and then yeah. now it's the company's bought by discover discovery i guess and everything's just sort of getting a little bit distilled and whatever um but i've been thinking about hbo a lot lately this is a 1996 commercial for HBO, and they are introducing the idea of stay home Saturday nights. Um, and it says, are Saturday nights worth the trouble? And this is like why I said at the top of the show, it's like they're doing the Netflix and chill thing long, long, long before Netflix and chill was a thing. Not the sexy side of it, but just this idea of you don't have to go out. Like you can just stay home and enjoy television. Are Saturday nights worth the trouble? You know, like deciding what to wear. Now we see clips of movies. Can we can we can we pause while you yeah, name here. all the movies? Yeah. So here, let's. So they're advertising some of the movies that they're offering here in 1996. So it says, "Are Saturday nights worth all the trouble? Uh, finding something to wear." And then we see this is Michael Douglas tearing the clothes off of a no, woman. No, you're exactly wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. Okay, is it's it the Demi woman? It's Moore ripping the clothes off of Michael Douglas. Oh, uh, but I got Michael Douglas right. You did, and I think it's is that movie called. So uh, could have been more wrong. I think the movie is called Disclosure. Okay. Where she's, the, she's the, it's like, oh my gosh, the woman's the harasser. Oh, interesting. And then it says, uh, making small talk, and we see Tom Hanks, and I don't know who Tom Hanks' uh, co-star it's, is. It, in, in uh, Yeah, I forget his name too, but uh, it's from Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, and they're like uh, polishing the floor of the um, barracks with toothbrushes while they're making small talk. Are Saturday nights worth the trouble? You know, like deciding what to wear. Making small talk. Shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad. Finding something fun to do. Ooh, okay, now we see we see some dang near nudity here. Yeah, okay, so that's definitely... Um, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. He's in the shower with a woman. And by the way... There's a reason they chose this, because they're also reminding you this is not TV, this you is HBO. You get to HBO. see all the bits. The, exactly. So Sylvester Stallone is in the shower with a woman, and she's washing his back. Do you have any idea? 
That one I don't know. We'll learn at the end. Yeah, okay. That awkward good night kiss. And then that, uh, that's says, Brad Pitt interview with a vampire. Yeah, he said that awkward good night kiss. And then here is the pitch here. Yes. Maybe you'd rather just stay in with HBO Saturday nights with a brand new to HBO movie every Saturday night guaranteed. We're your perfect date. <laughs> HBO, simply the best. So did you see the first movie? I think that was the Sylvester Stallone one was The, the Specialist. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen that. That would explain why I didn't recognize it. I don't I know what there's that... nudity in it if you're interested I'm in that. I suspect that you're right. There's probably nudity in it. I like. I don't know what that last scene was from either, but it was James Woods getting punched in the face, which... I can never see that enough. <laughs> oh, that's right. Did I? Let's see. They do they list them again here? Um, did I cut one off? No. A disclosure. Oh, oh did we say disclosure? Yeah, yeah that's that was the, the, that's the Michael Douglas. Okay, and so the specialist disclosure, Forrest Gump interview with the vampire. Excuse me, you're right. Um, I wasn't correcting you. I just always think it's an interview with a vampire. Everybody yeah. does. And then we just see uh, James Wood getting hit in the face by, is that Melanie Griffith, did you say? Or a woman? I don't know. I can't tell who the actor um, is. Why don't they list what? Oh, maybe that's the specialist again or something, and we just don't know. Maybe. But anyway, HBO. HBO. Used you to be, used to be grand. Used to be so great. Used to be so wonderful. And then, do you, have I already had this conversation with you? When 30 Rock did the whole plot around cable town coming in and taking over like for ge taking over nbc right and like they portrayed cable town as like these just rubes just like these dumb well we're all about family here and like they just sort of like like the stalwart nbc people like jack donaghy just looked down at their new yeah they're unsophisticated i never really kind of got that i knew they were making fun of comcast but i'm like i don't it's all corporate world why is why this down home like i don't know if comcast started in the midwest or something but now i sort of feel like this is what we're seeing with discovery plus taking over hbo and just like dissolving the brand and just being like well we're this and we're also the reality tv shows and ice road truckers or whatever but i mean if we're being honest about it what i think we've learned since the news broke is that it's almost a way of hbo hanging on to its individualism by saying when you open up the discovery app there will be a place you can go within there that will be hbo and that will be hbo content so there is still going to be certain stuff that is like succession will be an hbo show not a discovery plus show yeah if that makes sense but so max is there's the broader still a brand. way of of yeah but but it's just calling it max download max it's like you picked the wrong part yeah you picked the wrong <laughs> part Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Oh man, we're going to keep it short today and I have just begun to get into my rabbit holes here and then I'm going to drag you guys down with me. We got an email from uh, listener Mason and the email contained a link and just these words. Hello. Hello. And I was like, why is Mason sending us an email that just says, hi, hello, hello. And I realized, oh, they're the first lines of the commercial that Mason sent in. It's a 1960s commercial for something called Bird's Eye Chills and Thrills Freezable Soda Concentrate. 
And oh, I've heard of this product. Have you? Yeah. I had never heard of it before today. It's, it's, I just heard of it for some reason. And they're it's so wild. These commercials are maybe you saw it in the in the um, email. I think it's sort of been making the rounds on social. Oh, I, I was see. like, can you believe this thing existed? So, and these commercials are very trippy. Like these are. I think I saw this is like 1964, 1965, maybe or maybe 65, 66. So you're starting to see the psychedelic influences in modern culture. Hi. Hello. Hello. Could I tell you about this very extraordinary can? Inside it lives a magical ice that turns itself with a little water into a soft drink so thick and cold you have to eat it with a spoon. So this can, you actually open it with like a can opener. It's not like a can of soda. You spoon it out into a glass. You add water and then that makes it all fizzy. And this is shot almost like, it almost seems like Warhol-y sort of. The way this like skinny woman is like just in front of a a plain screen and like talking directly to us. The camera is like zooming in and out almost inexplicably at times. Not like super fast and dizzyingly it's just very strange and trippy and of the psychedelic Hi. times. Hello. Hello. Could I tell you about this very extraordinary can? Inside it lives a magical ice that turns itself with a little water into a soft drink so thick and cold you have to eat it with a spoon. And when you eat it, orange chills and thrills run all over inside you. That's <laughs> why this very extraordinary can is called Chills and Thrills. That's all. Goodbye. The first soft drink you can eat with a spoon. And the last. (laughs) And the last. The thing is, that's a bit of a lie. But before I tell you why it's a lie, here's another commercial uh, for the same exact product. This one has a voiceover that does a little bit more work. Now, does this music remind you of yes. anything? It's like... Uh, well, uh, is it Rolling symp- Stones. Is it Sympathy for the it's, Devil? But yeah. it's not. It's a sound... I can al- tell it's not, but yeah. it, it's obviously most trying to be that. Not a long time ago, a very extraordinary ice was invented. It was cold and cherry and very magical because when you poured water on it, it fizzed and grew into a soft drink so thick and cold you had to eat it with a spoon and like nothing the world has ever known before when you ate it wild and wonderful things ran up and down in and out and all over inside you what and that's why today in honor of that very extraordinary experience we call this soft drink you eat with a spoon chills and thrills then it says again the first soft drink you eat with a spoon what is so wild about this is that it's that what what the product looks like is basically like and i don't know what it what it really tastes like or or what it what its actual consistency is because i'm just looking at a picture but based on the the footage it looks like uh, something between an Italian ice and a sherbet, right? Mm-hmm. Both of which are foods that I enjoy very much mm-hmm. and will gladly buy. Stop telling me it's a soda that you drink with a spoon. It's something else. It's yeah. something else. It it you're, the branding is so goddamn terrible. Like it looks disgusting because they're talking about it in the in terms of like a soda. Tell me it's a frozen treat. Right. Right. I love a frozen treat. Well, that is what I think is interesting. They keep on saying the first soda you can eat with a spoon. Um, but, and I got this from a, a blog called History's Dumpster, by the way. 
I find this fascinating because, you know, growing up, I was fascinated with the 60s, all the music uh, that I was attracted to as a young person came from that era. And like I was obsessed with like looking at the Beatles and how they went in such a short period of time from being these like very lovable and the black and white footage of them just being cheeky and and so like um, accessible, accessible to it seems like a lifetime later, but it's only like seven or yeah. eight years. They're still and very John young John Lennon is just <laughs> yeah. like wearing his, you know, psychedelic glasses and they're meeting with a Maharishi and they're eating acid and all this stuff. And like you forget how a lot like 1960s culture, a lot of this stuff coexisted at the same time in Genevieve bird's eye chills and thrills. I think was a rebranding of a product called Bird's Eye Soda Burst. Do you want to see a commercial for Bird's Eye Soda Burst that I think aired just one or two years before these psychedelic ones? Yeah. Lay it on me. Excuse me, madam, but have you ever tried Soda Burst? Oh, yes. I was the first on my block. Then you know that Soda Burst is the real ice cream soda that makes itself at home? I just loved it. And you know there's a big scoop of ice cream and lots of real soda fountain fizz. Now, this is a black and white video that is the polar opposite of imagery from this period. You see a bunch of just, it looks like a bunch of soda, uh, soda jerk yeah. styled like preppies in black and white Very footage. 50s. We yeah. don't see the people who were talking. We just see like kind of shots of the product and these like, young, white, 1960s, clean-cut kids enjoying their sodas. It was delicious. Soda bursts are real hit at parties and a favorite for snacks, too. My grandson just loved it. He couldn't get enough. And it comes in your four favorite flavors, all chocolate, black and white, strawberry, and pineapple. <laughs> By Those the way, are the four. <laughs> your, four your four favorite flavors. Yeah, black and white is my, what's your favorite flavor? Black and white. Black and white. <laughs> yes, I and if it's not that, it's pineapple. It's so hard to decide. Uh, how often do you buy Soda Burst, madam? Well, not too often. It's kind of expensive. Is that not amazing that they're going to like say, hey, it's not quite it's as so expensive, expensive anymore? Well, madam, here's good news. They've just lowered the prices of Soda Burst in both the two-pack and the family pack of four. Oh, bless you. My grandson will be so happy. Oh, bless He's been you. been a lot. Soda Burst, now at new lower prices. Soda Burst. By That's clearly so wild. reacting to yes. what they're hearing from the customers yes. is too expensive. Putting it right out there on Front Street, saying we're lowering the prices. But Genevieve, if my if I understand it correctly, this one that I just played for you is from like 1963-64 era, and those other ones are 1964-65, maybe 65. And you think 66. they're the same technology? It's bird's eye, okay, yeah. frozen. I mean, this, they're both birds, <laughs> bird's eye frozen treats in a yeah, can sure that you based, add water to, even if like, they've slightly tweaked the formula it's the same technology isn't that amazing that is so weird i mean it i would like to try it just because it looks crazy but yeah i love like you're right they like they swung wildly in a different direction in terms of trying to market it Whopper and a whopper my way at you. 
<laughs> got a little, got a little monster there. voice yeah. there at the end. That was sent in by listener Robin, who says, my kids who've never been to Burger King wow. have taken to singing a version of their jingle. They said they heard it on Spotify, question mark, question mark. Robin, they're not lying to you. That Burger King Whopper Whopper jingle has been a viral yeah, sensation. It's been going around. And it is on Spotify, by the way. I was even reading um, an article that was just posted a couple of days ago. Burger King looks to viral jingle to lift sales in choppy economy. Apparently, Burger King has been losing a lot of market share to the other fast food and fast casual um restaurants out there and so they realize that this jingle is becoming viral i think tiktok has a lot to do with that as well Mm -hmm. so it says um the ad which aired this is from reuters the ad which aired incessantly during national football playoffs (laughs) in january has drawn younger customers to its restaurant the company released its earworm on tiktok so fans could make their own remixes and spotify where it has been streamed more than three million times Times here. Wow. I'm going to play the. Um, actually, I'll just play them off of Spotify. It's now going to be played three million and one times. Actually, it's almost up to three and a half million. I'm looking at. <laughs> whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper, flame grill, taste with perfect toppers. I rule this day. Lettuce, mayo, pickle, ketchup. It's okay if I don't want that impossible or bacon whopper. Any whopper, my way. Season the day and BK having your way. And so I think it repeats there on Spotify. This is a modern phenomenon. It's not unprecedented, I would say. Like I was going around in the eighties wearing um uh, California raisin stuff that was selling raisins, right? It was a, just a yeah. marketing campaign. I, you know, I think McDonald's with Mac the, tonight or whatever. Like there was all kinds of stuff that would sort of catch the popular yeah. imagination. But obviously things are different with TikTok and and Spotify. Just posting this to Spotify, I think, is really interesting. By the way, the version of this that um, always sticks in my head is one from another commercial. I think this one is called King on a Budget. Again, this is the. Uh, you know, it's the same tune. It's just slightly different lyrics. Eat like a king who's on a budget. Three tasty options, fries, drinking nuggets, all for five bucks. Wait, that can't be right. Just confirm that that's the real price. <laughs> Um, we saw this with um, Home Depot recently, Genevieve. Did you know that the Home Depot theme song went wildly viral on TikTok as well, to the point where people were going into Home Depots with guitars and then like taking the phone that is like the paging system off the hook and like playing it in the store and then running out of is there? Is this real? The the Home Depot theme song. <laughs> I did not know it this. ended up being a whole thing on TBTL as well because Luke is glued to TikTok and so that it's. <laughs> in and like that 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 Home Depot music you can you picture the Home Depot music um here yeah. let me call it yeah. up here it's uh, it became complete i mean it just was taken over and now that was you know maybe last year i'm listening to a lot of baseball games on the radio again they are smart to acknowledge it because I hear these commercials for Home Depot now that begin with that iconic Home Depot song and then the voiceover says you with like a real big smile in his voice too, like a wink and a smile, like 
you know you recognize that sound. Now uh-huh. what is this sound? And then they'll play like the sound of somebody starting a weed eater okay. or the sound of yeah. people enjoying a, a barbecue out on their porch or whatever. And then it kind of back announces and it sells you whatever it wants to sell you. But I love the way that like Home Depot has had that song for a long time. They didn't say, hey, we're going to write a viral hit. Right. The internet it just, just got did in, that. It just got into our collective unconscious. And like yeah. Lowe's must just be like, shit. Yeah. You know, like everybody's like the Home Depot, just like for some reason, the kids just sort of took it over. I find it really, I find it really, really fascinating. And I think, I think it's interesting to see how the brands will then leverage that. Like, can Burger King take advantage of the viralness? And I saw something, I think, in this Reuters article. Yeah, are people, are people buying burgers from Burger King? That's the thing. Like, does that get them in there? Here's the last thing I'll say on this. It can't be bad for them, though. It can't be bad for them. And I will say this. The song isn't just... It's funny because, again, I think this came up on TBTL like months ago. Like, the song is just a jam. Like, as the kids used to say, it just slaps, you know? It's just like a lot of people (laughs) just be like, wow, I can't get this new jingle out of my head. And it definitely, for me too, I could not get it out of my head. But um, it's also telling and selling a very specific aspect of what Burger King does. Customizable. Right. You know, as somebody... Myself, I'm pointing to me right now, who doesn't like cheese on his burgers. Like, this actually speaks to me. It's a reminder that you can trust them. Like, whenever I go through a fast food line, whether it's in the car or in person, and I say, I'll take this without cheese, I always, before I leave the premises, I have to open it and Mm -hmm. make sure that they didn't accidentally just slap cheese on it. By the way, the Whopper. Comes people, without cheese. People have the opposite issue with yeah, the Whopper. I, I, that's my issue. People that assume I it comes to, with cheese. I always have to remember doesn't. that I want the Whopper with you have, cheese. You have to say Whopper with cheese. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, first of all, let's acknowledge Robin and Robin's kiddos yes, for nailing that. That was awesome. But also just raising like a really interesting point. Her kids have never set foot in a Burger King. They learned this song on yeah. Spotify, Genevieve. That is that is truly a, a wild evolution of, of marketing. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I'll say this, and I think this is the truth. As obsessed as I was with the California raisins, I don't think it made me more interested in eating raisins. Like we ate, <laughs> we ate raisins. Did you have raisins in your house a lot as a oh, kid? Oh gosh, raise a box of sun-made raisins. Like the little individual boxes. The, the little individual yeah. box was like a staple of yeah. car ride snacks. Uh huh. Us too. I can still feel the stickiness yeah. inside because you'd be done with it. And I don't know about you. I'm a fidgeter. I'd always then and then take it'd be it this apart, sticky waxy paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would flatten it out or whatever. But um, so it wasn't like I wasn't eating raisins, but like I don't think I ever. Raisins? made the connection just yeah. like oh this is implanting the idea of I want to eat raisins now because I thought I of do it as sometimes so forget different. that the California raisins were about selling raisins yeah food. right <laughs> and such an interesting and not thing. raisins the character right. the ride and yeah the coupon <laughs> the coupon because there's your Mr. Show reference everybody um, almost, almost <laughs> didn't squeeze one in today um, but yeah I mean maybe I'm just going to belabor this now but like Burger King even Home Depot something like that like Getting into a marketing campaign that can take on a life of its own that is huge as a cultural phenomenon. Sure, you're huge companies, but like, what is it really? The raisin farmers, yeah, like that's amazing. That it was just like, just like raisins. And I wonder. I actually, we should look up what uh, what the impact on sales were. But anyway, I've said 
far too much <laughs> across the course of this hour so we will leave it there but if you would like to join the fun look for after these messages podcast on facebook there's a fun group there where people share commercials and their thoughts on said commercials we have the youtube page where i continue to post retro commercials that i find on vhs tapes you can find that by looking for after these messages podcast on youtube email us after these messages show at gmail.com or call our voicemail line please call our voicemail line i love it i love it when you call our voicemail line maybe sing a little ditty or just share your thoughts 607-444-5597 once again that's 607-444-5597 we'll talk to you next tuesday